He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a terrific actor, and you've seen him in Selma and Candyman, Assassination Nation, uh, a Temple Owl, a former Temple Owl, I think, if I'm remembering yeah, that correctly. And yeah. Of course, you know his great work as Victor Strand from Fear the Walking Dead. You're going to be able to see his directorial debut, at least uh, uh, certainly on Fear the Walking Dead, and I guarantee you it's going to be terrific this Sunday. Coleman Domingo is our very special guest. Coleman, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, and uh, listen, uh, thrilled to be talking to you about this. Is this something you wanted to do for a while? Did somebody spring this on on you? Have you been <laughs> thinking about this for a while? Um, uh, what about the directing? You know, I've, I've been a director in the theater for many, many years, and so it just seems it just made sense to make a transition into television. And I've been on the show now for six seasons, and I just I've just enjoyed creating the work. I think it's really epic and major awesome storytelling with stunts and special effects and visual effects and I just want to get in there. So it's a great opportunity to just keep telling stories. You know, I've, I just do it on many platforms and now it just makes sense on television too, especially with my own show. You know, whenever I hear you talk about acting, there's a lot of passion that comes out. You you obviously love it. You love the uh, everything that goes into it. And whenever I hear someone talk about you as an actor, uh, you know, I, I, every once in a while I'll hear the term actor's actor, and mm. you certainly fit that description. I imagine that's going to uh, that, that's going to help you with your fellow. Uh, cast members uh, in directing them. Did anybody give you a hard time? <laughs> Did anybody say anything like, hey, they, I'm not used to this? <laughs> be like, hey, Joker, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> Nobody said that. You know, the beautiful thing is that I work with such a, a team of great professionals. I love my cast. You know, I have Lenny James and Maggie Grace and Jenna Elfman and Alicia Debnam Carey. So I have, I'm working with some really stellar actors who are just game and they trust me and respect me and they, they know that even as an actor that I, I sort of like, I'm willing to risk and fail because I think that's the process of an actor. You're like, I love to find all the, the weird things about a character and the way a character ticks and I don't have to be right all the time. So I sort of like give that to my actors. I'm like, hey, try some stuff that you never tried before. So something you thought about your character, you thought, we'll, we'll see if it works. You know what I mean? So I, I know that I, I get them excited to do something outside the box because that's where, that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live. I've always lived as an actor. Yeah. I, I, Listen, I, I have to believe that, uh, you know, a guy like you is, is going to kind of ha- get the taste for it and want to do this more. Can you see uh, doing a, a full-length uh, picture? Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, you know, my man, I would love to. I feel like it's sort of this has been sort of my training ground for all things. I think I think uh, I look forward to directing a feature film. And, I'm, you know, I'm actually trying to figure out which one, it, what kind of feature film it is because I think you want to create something that really um, – it's part of your personality, and you're like, this is what I care about in the world. And I don't know. It could be comedy. It could be drama. I don't know. Um, also, I'm not afraid of special effects and stunts because that's what we do on our show. So I feel like, I don't know, it could be like a Die Hard or something like that, or yeah. it could be a Black Panther, or it could be something small and quirky or like, you know, August Osage County, a small, you know, uh, films. But I don't know. I, I'm all over the place. So I, I think it just, I just want it to be good and good storytelling. I'm attracted to it no matter what, if it's small or if it's large. 
Well, your acting career is diverse, and, and you've done so much. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always love to say with, with an actor, and I'm a non-actor, so I just appreciate mm-hmm. what you guys do, that if I took some uh, some work that you, you know, did five years ago, eight years ago, and then I put that next to y- your role as Victor, or put it next to something, I, you'd really see what a terrific actor you are. I, when you... When you get into directors, and I, I know this is a little dangerous because you got to name somebody and forget to name somebody, but who who did you like? What style of directing did you like out of all the folks you've worked with? Okay, I've had the lion's share of <clears throat> directors, and I just, I mean, there's something to learn from everybody. I mean, I feel like I've been blessed with Steven Soderbergh and Steven Spielberg and Lee Daniels and Ava DuVernay, uh, you name it, and all these younger directors that I'm working with. You learn from everybody. I mean, you, you always take something. Steven Spielberg is just kind and generous. Uh, Lee Daniels sort of like strips you down from what you may know about yourself to um, to be as honest as possible. Ava DuVernay, she she embraced everybody. Every every time you went to the set of Selma, she gave you a, a hug in the morning and asked if you were ready. I mean, so there's little gentle things like that. There's even bigger than just directing the character. I think I like to be um, to direct with a sense of generosity and a spirit of of trusting my actors and crew to do their best. Because I mean, I think that's why we got in this industry. We want to create. We want to feel like we have agency and some power in our storytelling. And I think it's my job as a director to facilitate that. You you mentioned younger uh, directors, like you know, I guess the the different generation. I don't I don't know about millennials, but the the next generation. Yeah, you know, they are. But what? Uh, what's the difference? Is there a difference between, uh, approach-wise, uh, between the new guys, quote unquote, and, and the Spielbergs and the and you know the different folks, Soderbergh? Uh, is there a difference uh, in the up-and-coming guys, uh, approach-wise? I think so. First of all, I feel like I work with more uh, innovative young women. I'm, wor- I'm working with like Mia DaCosta and Candyman and Janixa Bravo and Zola, and and something about working with these young people that they're, they're, like I think they're under. 30 at least under 35 they just feel like they're 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 responding to these people that they have um admired and how much they love and appreciation of film is and I, like i know that nia nia, nia da costa and jenny both like value cassavetes and and spike lee and and you know De palma and stuff like that so i feel like they're they're ready to like break the mold they're really ready to take what their the predecessors have done and create something new and, and wily and weird as well because so so they're willing and i think it's going to respond to the way people take in um information i think that they're you know they're they're not afraid of using technology they're not afraid of you know doing something outside the box with a character and really making them so complex and unusual. So I think, um, and I, those directors in particular, these young directors, give me the reins to say, hey, what do you think, Mr. Domingo? What do you think about this? And so I feel like in some of these films that will even come out, like I would even say even with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that's coming out in, on Netflix in December. And George Wolf is a seasoned old school director, but I feel like he had to go into it in a new way because he hasn't actually directed a lot of film. So I think that he had to actually respond as a young filmmaker. So I feel like in these roles that are coming out, I know that I've done some of my best work. And um, and it's because people feel innovative and they feel like they give you uh, a bit more freedom, you know? Uh, also, you got, uh, we should mention, uh, Euphoria, another episode, December 6th. Yeah, man, that's going to be special. It's a special episode. I'm really excited for, to share that with people. Yeah. 
Well, listen, uh, Coleman, I want to congratulate you on everything, on uh, just putting together a great career, ongoing career. But definitely this Sunday, everyone's going to check you out on Fear the Walking Dead and uh, and your directorial uh, debut, at least on that show. And uh, yeah. listen, this is the start of something big, and I'm I'm certainly going to tune in and oh, uh, and watch history being made. Uh, yeah, Coleman man. Domingo, <laughs> give us a website or a social media site if you can to, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, to have yeah, us follow along. Everything. I love for people to follow me on Instagram. I'm on there all the time, which is King of Bingo. That's a long story, but it's from a short film that I did, <laughs> King of Bingo. And then you can find me on, at Coleman Domingo on Twitter and Facebook. And also uh, I have a website, ColemanDomingo.com. People always say, oh, Coleman, sometimes I think it's hard to get in touch with you. Actually, it's not. Just use my name and put it in Google, and you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Coleman, congratulations once again. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Coleman Domingo, everyone, uh, de- his debut, uh, his debut of directing the Fear of the Walking Dead series. Uh, for Fear of the Walking Dead, anyway, it's his debut as a director. On that, I'm sure there'll be a lot more to come. Yeah, as you could hear, he uh, he liked it, you know, <laughs> and he's been doing it for a while in uh, in the theater. And uh, you could hear he, he liked it, and he's got a lot of clout in the industry because of because of his resume and because of his talent, and he's going to get opportunities. I mean, that's for sure, but it's always interesting to see somebody make that transition, and you know, I'm not saying it is a transition where he's just going to go all in. You know, we don't we didn't have enough time to get into into all that or, you know, the, certainly get a feel for what he's thinking, but you definitely know he enjoyed the, the direction process, and all the the great folks the talent that he mentioned the men and the women that are so notable uh you know he he mentioned them and and you could uh, you know you could hear that he's uh he's focused on that end of it i i don't know that's the that's the vibe i got i'm sure I, i'm sure uh a lot of people got the same impression no he's into this he's into the, the direction if you're a fan of fear the walking dead you're going to check it out anyway but uh, if you're not and you are a uh, you know the first time coming check this one out because you're going to see coleman domingo's debut as a tv director and uh, again he's uh he's just a very talented very thoughtful actor and you're going to see him uh, behind it. Well, you won't see him, but you're going to see his work from behind the camera. And that uh, is uh, is always an interesting situation. Uh, again, Selma, Candyman, Assassination Nation, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in December. And that's uh, that'll be on Netflix. Check him out in that. And he sounded excited about that as well. And uh, Euphoria on December 6th. You could uh, you could see that and tune in, but again, Coleman Domingo, best known, at least at this point, from Fear the Walking Dead, and uh, you can watch that on AMC. And this coming episode is something that he directed. Terrific talent. Coleman Domingo has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, absolutely thrilled to have Sir Jeffrey Archer here with us. And uh, what a career he has had and is having. 
and uh, we're, we're here to talk about his uh, his his latest book, and uh, he's got he's got a bunch of them, and uh, and they're all so highly anticipated, and uh, and and so is this, and it's called Next in Line, and it is a must order, pre order this please. And he's, uh, of course, a, a great best-selling author who has uh, uh, more knowledge of the royal family than anyone I can uh, ever imagine. Sir Jeffrey, how are you? I'm very well indeed, Frank, and thank you for having me on your show. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And I, I tell you, you got to look back and uh, what do you have? Sales of over uh, two hundred seventy-five million. Am I reading that correctly? Two hundred seventy-five million <laughs> copies of your books have been sold. Yes, and I think I'm always touched and flattered by that figure, and perhaps even more so that a hundred million people have read Cain and Abel. So yes, it's <laughs> I've I've been very privileged and very lucky. Wow, I mean, just uh, just unbelievable. Well, listen, congratulations uh, on on everything there. Uh, can you give us a, an overview of Next in Line? And of course, don't spoil. You know that, right? Don't spoil. We want everyone to buy it. We want everyone to buy two copies, one for themselves and one for a friend who will who'll love it. Uh, Next in Line, please give us a, an overview. Well, um, after 25 years, I decided I would write a novel which involved Princess Diana because I had the privilege of working with her for many years as a charity auctioneer and came to know her very well indeed. And as I've said on the front page of the book, uh, is this a true story? And what you're going to find is, in this particular William Warwick novel, that uh, her personal protection officer, uh, Ross Hogan, Inspector Ross Hogan, comes up with a real problem. And I've already had in England several people saying, is this true or has he made it up? And the answer is, I don't let anybody know <laughs> if it's true or if I've made it up. Last of all, you, Frank. <laughs> well, look, let me, uh, let me just say this. You've earned the right, and uh, right as an uh, author and a novelist, uh, to keep that, to heck with everyone, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, let them, let them decide for themselves, let them have that, uh, that discussion going back and forth. There's no, you know, you're not saying, hey, here's a, here's a fact book and they're going to fact check it. It's a novel, but, uh, you know, and, and a very popular series and everything else. But what a, what a great attitude to, to come about. If you don't mind, give us a, give us a little bit of your history, and uh, you know I, I know a, a little more about you than I, I, I assume a lot of Americans do, but uh, so many Americans know so much about you because they've been following you through the books. But uh, how how long ago did you write your first book, and and what was it? Well, I began my life on after leaving Oxford, wanting to be a politician. And I entered the House of Commons at the age of 29. And five years later, made a very foolish investment in a company called Aquablast on the advice of the Bank of Boston and had to leave the House of Commons because I feared I was going to go bankrupt. Luckily, luckily, I didn't. And sat down and wrote my first book, Not a Penny More, Not a Penny Less, which was turned down by 14 publishers. Mm. And in the end, only sold in hardback 3,000 copies. Of course, the real breakthrough came with Cain and Abel, 
which sold a million in the first week uh, and uh, changed, literally changed my whole life. And this latest book, Next in Line, the one about Princess Diana, is, as you say, Frank, in the William Warwick series. And William is a young detective who started life on the beat as a metropolitan policeman. And uh, he's currently in charge of royalty protection as a superintendent. And if all goes well, he will end up being the commissioner of the Metropolitan Police. But as I'm 82, I will have to live at least two or three more years to make sure he becomes commissioner. Next in line is the name of the book. Please get it. Our very special guest is Sir Jeffrey Archer. Absolutely thrilled to have him. And what a career. Still going strong. Uh, this is It's a winner. Uh, pre-order this, please. Next in line is the name, and you can get it. Uh, it's out next Tuesday. And uh, it, it just a must-get. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Sir Jeffrey Archer. Uh, Sir Jeffrey, do you think the the training that you had as a uh, as with your political ambitions do you think it, it set you up a, a certain way to uh, to approach your novels uh, you know i don't know in in an analytical way or uh, or did you take a different approach because i've heard people mention that about you that and and i've been in politics for years and a lot of politicians i know love your uh, your novels uh, do you think your training had a lot to do with your style uh, developing? Well, I certainly think, Frank, it's been a privilege to have met so many interesting people in your country and in my country who uh, add to one's knowledge and love of uh, politics and other subjects. For example, uh, one of my closest friends at uh, Oxford, one of my ushers, was Bill Bradley, the senator for yeah. New Jersey. And we remain friends. Here we are 60 years later. So, yes, I think the answer to your question is it's an advantage to have met so many interesting people and worked for 11 years with Margaret Thatcher, to have worked with Princess Diana as a charity auctioneer. These things are bound to get into the books because I always advise every author, write about what you know about, and the reader will not be in any doubt that you're on top of the story. Sir Jeffrey, who was the, who would you consider the most brilliant politician that you've ever worked with or that you've ever come across? If come across means read about and historically, it would be very tight for me between Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin. Those are my two heroes. I do wish, and I say this with great love and affection for the United States, I do wish we had presidents of that standard today. Those are my two giants. Of course it was a privilege to work for Margaret Thatcher for 11 years and see her redoubtable career throughout her redoubtable career and to go on working for her after she'd left number 10 Downing Street. So I think of the people I've never met, Jefferson and Franklin, of the people I worked with, Margaret Thatcher. 
Can you tell us something about Princess Diana that uh, that maybe we don't know, or, don't know or maybe or, or... is underrated or underappreciated about Princess Diana? Well, I was very touched, and I know they've sent the notes to you from the Duchess of York saying that, who was, of course, Diana's closest friend. Yeah. Uh, I was very touched to see how she said, I've caught her right from the first page. And I found her a very special person, a very caring, decent, civilized human being. And uh, her death, of course, shook this country. And I, and I think uh, right across the world, because she's had so much ahead of her. So deciding to write a novel next in line 25 years later, and I waited 25 years before putting her in the center of a novel, uh, was a great challenge for me because I didn't want any member of the royal family in Great Britain to dislike the book or wish it hadn't been published. And I've been very touched by uh, members of the royal family writing and saying how much they enjoy it. Let me congratulate you again on, on just an amazing career still going strong, uh, certainly on uh, Next in Line, which we're going to talk about even as we let you go. Uh, Sir Jeffrey Archer, do you have anything like a website or a social media site um, for us to follow along? Uh, or is, uh, are you, you Oh, yes. Yeah. The masses can get in touch, and we love to talk to them. We, <laughs> we love to chat to people who read the books and give their opinions. And I have a particular love of the United States, which has been a love affair for 60, 70 years. So uh, I, I go back right the way to President Eisenhower when I was a child. Uh, and when I was at Oxford, President Kennedy was living in the White House. So my love of America has been going on for a very long time. So it always pleases me when the book goes to number one on the New York Times. Uh, it's one of the most exciting moments of my life. Well, I could say the feeling is mutual. Uh, a, a America loves you as well, Sir Jeffrey. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Frank. Anytime. Uh, anytime. It's been a, a real honor. Everyone speaking to Jeff, uh, Sir Jeffrey Archer. Uh, what what a career! What what an amazing career! Still going strong. Think of the number. 200, 275 million copies sold. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Next in Line. Uh, uh, cleverly uh, titled, uh, keep in mind that we just, uh, we had a, a, a secession happen here with uh, King Charles, Prince Charles becoming King Charles as uh, the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth, at 96 years old. So Next in Line, people may, uh, may grab it uh, thinking, hey, you know, very clever title. Next in line is the name of it. Sir Jeffrey Archer, uh, class act. Everything I've ever heard about him has just been amazing. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. 
It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dan's paper is out and about in the Hamptons is upon us once again, and so many people are responding uh, so positively to this, and they love it, and a uh, big reason why they love it is Vicki Schnepps is uh, the one who is giving out the information and just such important information. She is wonderful. There are people who tell me I do, n- I do not miss it uh, every Monday night. At 8 p.m., I listen to Vicki Schnepps, and uh, so many people are so excited about this. I, for one, am. I look forward to it. Vicki Schnepps, how are you? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and listen, whenever I uh, can talk to somebody who's got 88 different outlets and, uh, you know, God knows how many newspapers and how many websites and every— but, I mean, all of these outlets, and uh, you reach— people in so many different ways and uh you know and and even though even though you've been around uh, a while and you've seen a lot of different incarnations of of the media 38 years and counting frank yeah 38 years and counting but you're still you're up on all of everything Uh, electronic media you're up on i tell you you uh you have you have taken on every challenge and and uh, just wonderful to see all of that vicky welcome once again Thank you, Frank. I'm delighted to be here to uh, tell you all about the exciting things happen to the, happening in the Hamptons. And this is the week for the Hampton International Film Festival. It's their 30th anniversary of bringing the great films, documentaries to the Hamptons. And this is a year that uh, Randy Mastro, who is the president of the board, and Ann Chasen, who's the executive director, and David Nugent, who's the artistic director, have spent a whole year finding the finest films and filmmakers to be able to be featured uh, while uh, you are in the Hamptons. And you must come out for it. I mean, if you're not in the Hamptons, be in the Hamptons this weekend because... Oh, excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> it made me sneeze. <laughs> it was such an important piece of my information yeah. for everybody. Because the truth is there that it's going to be a very exciting uh, 10 days because the Hampton Classic is going to start, film festival is going to start uh, this weekend coming up on Friday night. And it's going to be running right through uh, the uh, week of uh, coming into um, October 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th, at two week uh, weekends uh, of the wonderfully dramatic films, powerful films, and powerful filmmakers. So I really know that um, the tremendous work that went into it, and for the, uh, really for, it's been a long time, but this year, they're going to be in Southampton. And for my listeners who may be remembering the one and only, the great Louis Armstrong, there's going to be a showing of a film about Louis Armstrong. Was he one of your favorites? Always. <laughs> Always. Satchmo. They call him Satchmo. That's right. Satchmo. Well, you know, um, his museum is in Corona because, as you may know, he lived in Corona, Queens. And he 
traveled all over the world, but he came home to Queens. So I think it's a brilliant thing that uh, they're going to be having a film based on him. And I can't wait to see it. That's going to be on Saturday night. And it's going to be shown in Southampton. So that's something you could check out their uh, website and to see the exact times and locations. But they have dozens and dozens of films uh, during the day and during the evening. But I'm a, kind of like a sweet spot for my heart is um, uh, Louis Armstrong, as you call him, Satro, and his extraordinary impact on our world. And a man who was very complicated, but yet very loving and caring, and really was somebody who um, made his mark as being, I guess, what would you say, the ambassador of happiness? Yeah, I, right. I mean, I know he's been called that, but one of the things I, I always think of Louis Armstrong as being uh, a kind of a transitional figure and transcending figure. And back then, of course, you know, there was a lot of prejudice back then. I'm not saying there's not now, but obviously we live in a better world as far as all of that goes. But back then, uh, people uh, people loved him, uh, whether they were white, uh, Hispanic, Asian, uh, uh, African-American. Uh, but he transcended race and people saw Louis Armstrong as an American, as a true great American, um, not a not a great black American or a great, you know, American from here or whatever. Just a great American. Well, that's what, you know, they're calling it Louis Armstrong's Black and Blues. And it's going to be shown both in Sag Harbor um, and well as in Southampton at 7.45 in the evening in Southampton on uh, Saturday, August 8th. And then it'll be also in Sag Harbor at 6.30. I mean, there are many, but I just have to share with you my absolute favorite, favorite. And uh, the East Hampton, as always, is going to be getting the bulk of the showings. And for us uh, who live a little west of there, I live in Quayog. Quayog, we have a fight. Is it Quayog or Quayog where I live? <laughs> it's a little hamlet. People say, oh, you mean you mean Quag? I said, no, I don't live in Quag. I live in Quayog. And Quayog <laughs> is a little hamlet between West Hampton Beach and Quag. And so it really is a place, but it's placed west of the Shinnecock Canal. Yeah. And many times things don't happen much west. They think, no, no, no. The uh, whole West Hampton Beach is on fire. We've had um, last week a dedication of the Chihuly Menorah. Chihuly is one of the world-class glassmakers. Compared many times to what Tiffany was in his day, Chihuly is today. And Chihuly was brought, his work was brought to the Hampton Synagogue, where they created a campus for children. It's called Jack's House. And they created a chapel with Chihuly art. And then this past week, they dedicated a Chihuly menorah, a spectacularly created ice blue like the ocean colors of in glass sculptured glass that is going to be in the children's chapel and the hampton synagogue is actually creating a uh, world-class pool baseball courts basketball courts that will be open tennis courts will be open to the whole community in west hampton beach so they last year they put in the Chihuly windows and last week they 
dedicated the Chihuly Menorah. So West Hampton Beach is becoming an art center, and there's a wonderful woman, Julianne, who runs the West Hampton Performing Arts Center. So we're hoping, I'm putting a little, um, what shall we say, this is an editorial. I call it an editorial because I hope that the Hamptons International Film Festival will be showing in West Hampton's fabulous theater next year. So I'm a kind of prejudiced towards the west of the Shinnecock Canal. Yeah. But this year, a lot of films that will be shown will be something of great memory, uh, things that you wouldn't want to miss. We are also seeing that they are honoring the Dick Cabot's Artistic Champion Award. That's a, an annual award, and this year it's being given to the Emmy Award-winning actress, Mariska Hargitay. Mm. You know, everybody loved her in her movies and in her TV shows, and with the, she's really a fierce advocate and activist. People may not know that. And she founded the Joyful Heart Foundation, it's a nonprofit that advocates for survivors of sexual assault, mm. domestic violence, and child abuse. So this is an extraordinary woman. Not only is she gorgeous, but she's bright and she's talented, and she's captured all of our hearts in NBC's Law and Order Special Victims Unit. But they may not know the other side of her life, which is putting her energies into the Joyful Heart Foundation. And so she is going to be recognized for her fabulous work at the uh, Hampton International Film Festival. Mm. And previous um, recipients, uh, Frank, of the award with Dick Cabot, that's why they named it the Dick Cabot yeah. Artistic Champion Award. Um, and they gave it to Alan Alder and Tony Ross, all humanitarians, art advocates, and great movie people, because this is movie people. So I think you have to be in the Hamptons. If you're not in it, you won't win it. And that is capturing great films this coming week. Yeah, Thank you, Frank. Tremendous. Just tremendous. Uh, uh, don't go anywhere, um, uh, everyone. And Vicki, please stay right there. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when you talk about Dick Cavett, uh, you're talking about one of the great interviewers of, of all time. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, to have this award um, mean so much to so many different people and and the causes and uh kudos to uh every everyone that's involved in this uh, some of the most important issues uh of our time of all time are are being addressed here and and awareness and and everything else so just thrilled to uh to hear about this uh vicky schnepps wait right there and everyone else we're gonna uh step away for a second and and take a quick commercial break frank mckay here more with breaking it down after this and more with dan's papers out and about in the hamptons with vicky schnepps right after this we'll be back right after this with more breaking it down Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's breaking it down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dan's papers out and about in the Hamptons is upon us. And every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, you could hear us here. And uh, Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Vicki Schnepps, uh, the queen of all media. The, oh, thank uh, you. the wonderful Vicki Schnapp. She is great at what she does. And you know what's funny is she does a lot of things, and she does them all so well. Thrilled to have Vicki back with us. Vicki, welcome back. Thank you, Frank. I'm so glad to be with you and to share with our listeners uh, what's happening. And I, I must share with you that I know that some people listening to this signal also may know that we have the Power Women of Queens this week, that my company uh, was the Queens Choria, the Bayside Times Group, and uh, Schnepps Media sponsored. And we had what I call her the uh, Power Woman of All Power Women, Adrian Adams, who's the president of the city council, yeah. as one of our honorees. But she really rocked the place. We have a red carpet, Frank. And the women dance, prance, March twirl down the red carpet to receive their fabulous statuette that I call a Vicky. Because after all, there's an Oscar, there's an Emmy, there's a Tony. <laughs> well, my honorees get a Vicky. It's a beautiful statue, a beautiful. And well, you have a couple different impressed. versions. Yeah. When they when they get it, they don't realize how heavy it is because it's made on a beautiful stand that is uh, pure onyx. And they say, "Oh my God, this is so heavy!" And I say back to them, "Well, now you're a heavyweight, <laughs> officially, officially." <laughs> it, so it, we're very proud beautiful. of the events we run, and that's been uh, this last Thursday. It just is remarkable to me. We had dozens of these fabulous women come together. And network and their friends and their family. The joy in the room, Frank, was so enormous. And these women were so accomplished. The CEO of this, the CEO of that, the president of this. I mean, they just were women who have made a huge mark. And there were a few that I loved especially because there was this Amy um, Motto Pfeiffer, whose mother was an assemblywoman in the seat that now the daughter holds. And so Audrey Pfeffer was there, too, and she was, um, and I brought her up, you know, to give the award to her daughter, who was recognized for her work wow. in Southeast Queens. So, you know, we have multi-generational people winning uh, this award, this Vicky, and it was a glorious night. We went to Terrace on the Park to do it. And if any of you haven't been to Terrace on the Park, it sits right there in Flushing Meadows Park, very close to the Unisphere. And if I could do a commercial for Queens here, if, if you visit Terrace on the Park, right up the block is the fabulous world-recognized Hall of Science, where there are the original rockets that have gone up to space, exhibits that have won awards for being the most outstanding science museum in the country, if not the world. And it's right there in Queens. And then the other side of the Terrace on the Park is the Queens Zoo. <laughs> and then on the other side of the parkway is the U.S. Open building and the Queens Museum. This is all in Flushing Meadows Corona Park. But I must tell you, Frank, I call Terrace on the Park my home away from home because we have so many events there and they are the center of, of life where they have survived COVID when they couldn't put on parties and they are flourishing. The place looks magnificent. And the most thing, I'm a nut for views, the most marvelous thing was to look out their windows high up because you're like almost on the 
20th floor because you come up through an elevator all the way to the top and you look at the skyline of Manhattan and you know why we are the greatest city in the world. But, okay, back to the Hamptons. And I must share with you that if you're on the South Fork, you have tons of things in the way of movies to take part in. But I love to share information about the North Fork. So we consider the North Fork, all the towns from Riverhead all the way down to Orient Point. And with Greenport really being active, we actually interviewed the mayor of Greenport. And there is a project in Greenport that will have a ribbon cutting coming up this next week to celebrate the five-year pursuit and accomplishment of bringing back to the community uh, their beloved train that goes through the town. Mm. You could actually get on a train, and it'll take you right through Greenport, but it was closed down. This marvelous man owned it and passed away and said the town could buy the cars, but then they had to clear the, the roads and get permission to use the tracks throughout the town. And they did it with the help of the uh, Greenport Rotary Club and some very innovative, but more to tell you about that. But that's Greenport. Greenport is on fire. (laughs) They have so much going on in this season, guys. You don't have to be here in the summer months to enjoy the North Fork. But it starts in Riverhead at the Suffolk Theater. You know, they also were closed during COVID. And now they're back full force. And they're going to have a special event on Friday, October 7th at 8 o'clock. They're calling it, very appropriately, Broadway Fright Night at the New Suffolk Theater. And they're going to have all these, they're calling the fabulous, fabulous (laughs) collection of songs and musicals with supernatural science fiction and horror themes. So that's going to be such a fun thing that New Suffolk Life Theater is alive and well and flourishing in Riverhead. And then if you are into the wine world, the uh, Brian Gallo at the Bedell Cellars, that's over in Kutchog, are going to have a band playing on Sunday, October 9th, and that's from 12 to 4. So the uh, activities in the North Fork continue. I love the fact that, you know, with this is the season of pumpkins, Frank. Yep. Everyone's picking pumpkins. Well, they have fabulous events around the pumpkins that you could find. And there was one that I loved. Up. It's going to do an old-fashioned Riverhead Country Fair. And that's going to be on Sunday from 10 to 5. And that's something you can bring your whole family for because that's right at Riverhead. And they're doing it right on Main Street. The Main Street's being reimagined because most people don't know that the Main Street, Frank, is right off the Peconic. And the Peconic runs right through on the, uh, of, the, of Main Street. And they have creating, they're going to be tearing down some buildings and creating a town square where you can walk along the Peconic River right by going shopping on Main Street. So that's a uh, county fair, the old-fashioned one, with all the carnival rides and the games and the crafts. And entertainment is going to be on Sunday this coming weekend. And then, of course, you know, for those that have kids, I love this because it's, it's a horse and farm walking tour. Imagine. This is um, at Spirit's Promise Rescue where you learn how to rescue horses and pigs and cows and goats and chickens. 
and be able to make you wear good shoes because that's also going to be in Riverhead for walking tour and and not to be outdone but you know uh, they say Fridays is the full date night at Sonino Vineyards and they enjoy a romantic evening at Sonino Vineyards where for $30 you get two glasses of wine and some specialty cheeses and that's on County Road 48 in Kachok. Wow, that's incredible yeah. price. But, you know, it, the, the Hamptons begin after the summer ends, yeah. <laughs> okay? So anyone who thinks that there's not what to do, uh, they're mistaken. There's lots to do. And it's really very family-oriented because I feel I could bring my grandkids and we could have a great time together. There's, um, you know, another group that uh, I'm into puppets. And if you have, uh, they have drama and put, uh, puppetry on Monday, October 11th, after school, Frank, it's 11, it's 4.30 to 5.15. And little puppeteers, age three to five, can dance over to the project most at Holy Trinity, where you can create a puppet and make a puppet and then put on a little show. Mm. I mean, there's such a creative business going on. And then recently I got a gift. I, I, one of my friends came to visit my house and I'm on the water and he loved my sight so much. He sent me a gift, a housewarming gift, right, of a box filled with canvases, paint, paintbrushes, an easel. And he said, Vicki, you've got to learn to paint. You've got to paint your view. <laughs> so I'm going to start taking painting lessons. Hey, Grandma but Moses you know started late. Right. Well, even George Bush did that, right? right? That's right. Uh, well, listen, you know, he became a passionate painter because he took the lesson from Churchill that after you serve, you yeah. have to have another life. Yeah. So I think, you know, the uh, exciting times of uh, North Fork as well as South Fork this week coming up, you have so much to enjoy. Just get out and come and enjoy it all in the Hamptons. And then make sure to pick up your copy of Dan's Papers. But if not, before you go, because it goes out on Thursdays and Fridays, read danspapers.com online. We're online, Frank. Yeah, amazing. I, you're Listen, you're cutting edge everywhere. I mean, uh, not only are you on, online, but I mean, your social media presence is terrific and everything else, and uh, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, or Twitter, all of this is, is just great. And, uh, and again, you just adjusted with everything that went along. And it's uh, listen, it's why you're the queen of all media. Amazing career still going all uh all out uh 100 miles per hour vicky thank you so much my pleasure go and enjoy it all have a great week everybody have a great week everyone is right frank mckay here so much more importantly you've been listening to dan's papers uh, out and about in the hamptons with the great vicky schneps and she is from Schneps Media and, uh, you know, 88 different outlets. I always say she's got one for every key on the piano. Uh, Frank McKay here signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.